Please stand as you are able for today's New Testament lesson from the book of John, chapter 1, verse 1 through 18. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Gigi, for that beautiful reading and for your seamless transition from musician and worship leader to scripture reader. And thank you, Thomas and band, for your leadership. Um, I wasn't prepared for how perfectly the music was going to work today, and um, so I give thanks for you. And uh, we send our well wishes to Davis, Pastor Davis, who's not here today with us, taking um, hopefully some much-needed Sabbath rest, but my money is on he's studying and preparing for whatever's next year, so (laughs) if we know him at all. So we do, of course, miss him at the start of this new year, But, but we begin our new year in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Our lives are given meaning in words. I can still feel my heart leap from the first time Michael said, I love you, and the first time James said, Mommy. I can feel my stomach fall out of my body hearing the words, dad's pretty sick, and Nan's gone. I can feel the weight of the bishop's words falling over me when he said, take thou authority. You have your own words. 
Words frame our lives. Words have framed your life. They cling around in our heads and echo in our hearts. They fly out of our mouths and they take root in our spirits. The words we hear and the words we say matter a great deal in shaping who we are and how we understand ourselves. At the end of every year since 2003, Merriam-Webster's has announced the word of the year. The word of the year is determined by an analysis of the most popular searches on their website for the year. Which word was searched for most? That's the word of the year. It's pretty simple. It usually says something about where we are in our world. You can usually point back and say, no surprise there. Something about our culture. In 2004, it was blog. (laughs) We had no idea what a blog was in 2004. We were trying to figure it out. In 2008, bailout. In 2015, not a word of the year, but a suffix. The word of the year was ism. They chose the suffix in 2015 because so many words ending in ism each represented millions of lookups on Merriam-Webster's. Socialism, fascism, racism, feminism, communism, capitalism, terrorism, ism. In 2020, pandemic. And the 2021 word of the year, vaccine. Lookups for the definition of vaccine increased 601% year over year from 2020. But compared to 2019, if you want to know how much this has changed our lives in two years, lookups for the definition of vaccine increased 1,048%. This word, this idea, it dominates our lives now, if you haven't noticed. We've watched as it went from this promising medical solution that may come sometime in the distant future to a political argument and a source of division, not just in our country, but sometimes in our homes, in our own families. As COVID case numbers in our region rise, we will continue to see the word, this idea, this debate dominate our conversation. It may ease or worry our anxious minds, depending on where we are. The word of the year, 2021, is certainly going to be joining us in 2022. Another word, that like it or not, has given shape to our lives and in some cases has changed the way we actually understand ourselves and the way we are in the world. But we are invited today, my friends, as we prepare to renew our covenant with God and as we prepare to approach the table and receive the sustaining gift of Holy Communion to put aside the anxious words, the anxious debates of our lives, to breathe deep, And to make room for the word. The word made flesh to dwell in our hearts at the start of this new year. Today, about a week after we visited the nativity and remembered what happened when God broke into the world, we take this moment to consider why it even mattered so much. If you open your Bible to page one, you'll find these words. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. While a wind from God swept over the face of the waters, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. 
God said, let there be light. God spoke the words, let there be light, and they fell over all that was. With a shout of joy, a spark of hope, an abundance of peace, and an unimaginable love, God breathed light. God's word was light in the darkness and chaos. The word was also God's co-creator. The word was there in the beginning of all that is, and it was all so good. Then, if you open your Bible to page one of the Gospel of John, you'll find the words that Gigi read for us today. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being, What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Let there be light. God repeated the act, injecting light into all that was when the infant Christ cried out in a stable. Later on in verse 14, we apply some meaning and some significance and some so what to the nativity. And the word became flesh and lived among us. It's bigger than Mary and Joseph. And it's bigger than the stable and the animals. It's bigger than the shepherds and it's bigger than the angels and it's bigger than the magi. It's the little phrase, lived among us. The Greek verb that was translated lived most literally means pitched his tent. The God of the universe pitched his tent among us. He moved into our neighborhood, the message says. He made his home where we were. In the moment of Jesus' birth, God's relationship with humanity changed forever. The God of Israel could be seen and heard physically. God with skin on could be known and enjoyed and cared for. God could also be teased and ignored and mocked. Your God, your God, chose to live with humanity, to exist in the midst of human fragility and pain and weakness, to know joy and pleasure and suffering and loss, to be bound to the turmoil of the ups and downs of being a person. God chose to feel deeply the things that you and I feel deeply. We've kind of heard it so many times that we might miss the power of a God that chose to feel and know the way we feel and know. In Jesus Christ, God knew love up close, and he grieved loss so deeply that his bones ached, and he enjoyed the pleasure of new friends, and he wept when one of them died, and he knew anxious excitement, and he also knew anxious dread. He knew it all. Simply put, probably too simply put, A profound gift of the incarnation was that God wanted to participate in order to fully know you. The incarnation was a complete generosity of self. 
which brings me to verse 16. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. From the inbreaking of the word, we have all received grace upon grace. From the incarnation of Jesus the Christ, we have all received grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. That is a gift. God's love, God's presence to you. It's a gift that you have been given. A Lutheran pastor and missionary named Elizabeth Johnson points out that your God knew that some messages are better delivered in person. It's best to learn of a loved one's death in person because not only do you receive the news and the information, but you receive the comforting presence and compassion of the person who is delivering it. It's best to receive a marriage proposal in person Because you receive not just the words in the question, but also the embodied joy and the endless hope of the person you love. In the last two years, so many messages have not been able to be delivered in person. Important messages, goodbyes, and I love yous, and I'm sorry's. We receive these critical messages on screen and over the phone and in text on a screen, detached from the comfort of the tangible presence of the person that is delivering the message. We've learned how much our spirits crave presence and connection and embodiment. How remarkable then that the God who created us and loves us, who created the world and loves it, also understood our need for physical presence, also understood that some messages are best delivered in person long before we knew. In Jesus, God decided to draw even closer, to deliver the word, the message of love and grace upon grace in person. I'm not sure that we'd ever come close to understanding the message of this reckless love had it not been for the messenger among us. We can begin to understand grace upon grace upon grace because God showed up in a manger to us and delivered this message face to face. With the rest of the world, I've been remembering a woman named Betty White so fondly the past couple of days since learning of her death on Friday. She was 99, a fixture in Hollywood for more than seven decades, a queen of comedy and of timing and of charm, and also maybe a queen of mischief. She was a trailblazer for women, a friend to all she knew, many of whom have said that somehow she lived to be nearly 100, and that still wasn't long enough. We weren't really done with Betty White. But to me, Betty White is joy. She was the kind of person who radiated pure joy. She was thrilled to be alive at every stage of her life, delighted to get to do what she loved. She truly enjoyed people and making people laugh. Betty White could be naughty, but at the same time, she just felt so pure and so good. A national treasure a true icon, when Betty White was asked in an interview several years ago as to the secret 
to a long and fulfilling and good life, she came out with one word very quickly. It's kindness. Kindness. Kindness was the word of the year, every year of Betty White's life. Nearly a hundred years of kindness. It was that simple for her. My best friend in Texas is a retired pastor named Lamar Smith. If you ever, at any point in your life, have just a few hours to spare, I will gladly share with you a few of the things I love about him. Lamar will be 95 in May, and when pressed for one word of advice to give sixth grade confirmand several years ago, his was similar to Miss Betty White's. Be kind. But he added to yourself. He talked about how every story of tragedy and cruelty and division actually didn't start with someone being unkind to others. It started before anyone was paying attention with people who were unkind to themselves. People who didn't see how precious they were. People who couldn't see the good in themselves. People who may have been able to say the words but didn't actually understand in their bone marrow that Jesus, the word made flesh, loved them and had pinched his tent to deliver that message in person. And so Lamar said, be kind to yourself. Speak highly of yourself. Remember yourself. Love yourself as God loves you. He spoke those words over 12-year-olds who were committing to a life of service in the church. Kindness first, said Betty White. And be kind to yourself, added Lamar Smith. Not that anyone asked me, but I'd like to see us make kindness the word of the year for 2022. Not really in memory of Betty White and not really in honor of Dr. Lamar Smith, but in response to the gift that we have received in Jesus the Christ the word that was in the beginning with God, the word made flesh, God with skin on, the light that came into our dark world, pitched his tent among us, moved into our neighborhood, Jesus the Christ, our savior, who wanted to deliver the message of love and joy and hope and peace and grace upon grace, face to face, embodying this message with the physical presence and closeness, because that's how we need to hear it. It can be really easy to start to feel overwhelmed by darkness as our cultural climate begs us to engage in hatred and cynicism, as we're tempted in the darkness to hurl words of judgment and disgust toward one another, as we allow the word vaccine to occupy more of our mind and our heart than the word kindness, we are still being called into the light. We are being asked to find another way through this world to be kind to ourselves and to receive the gift of grace upon grace, to be kind to others and to share the gift of grace upon grace, to see ourselves and others as magnificent children of God for whom Jesus Christ dared draw near, called to bathe in the warm light of a God whose presence brought perfect peace, 
to recognize that God is still in our midst, that God's tent is still pitched among us, that God hasn't left our neighborhood, that the light is still shining in the darkness, the word of the year could be kindness. But only if we receive the word who was God into our hearts and our lives and we say, welcome. I'm really thankful that you're here. Now let's get to work together. Amen.